Hello humans. Hello humans. It's the 6th of September and it's 10:37 uh, a.m. and another road trip here. And we're going to talk about quantum computing. Uh, we've had an Oxford uh, quantum physicist, which in my way of thinking is a misnomer, right? If you're dealing with quantum, you're dealing with illusion and not physics at all. But that's a side issue. <laughs> anyway, so uh, a respected Oxford physicist uh, is out there tearing um, uh, the quantum computing industry a new asshole. Uh, telling them, telling everybody, yeah, it's basically a scam. They don't produce anything. The machines don't work, and all of this kind of stuff. And also goes into some of the why the machines don't work and how it was basically all a scam to begin with. And the um, uh, supposed results uh, were a in the early stage in the research area were a statistical. Um, screw up in terms of how they were calculating the results. So, um, all of the a lot of the people in the woo woo world are all into quantum computing. They say quantum computers all the time. Uh, Charlie Ward is um, uh, he's really hooked on quantum computing. Uh, he uh, he talks about this QFS, the quantum financial system, in which everything will become. Uh, digitized and annotated in a quantum computer is his understanding, right? He doesn't really grasp the difference between the hardware and the software and which is in charge of what. Really, he should be saying in his um, description that everything would be put into a, um, a database, right? And um, uh, not into the machine itself kind of a thing. Anyway, um, so uh, his idea is that somehow there's a quantum uh, computer. Uh, he and Kerry Cassidy and all these other people that refer to him as, a, as though they were actually computers uh, are all wrong, of course, and they have this exaggerated, delusional idea of what quantum computers are and what they can do. Now, these people have this idea because they watch too much television, too many sci-fi movies, and uh, think that this is all reality. Kerry Cassidy is quite famous for saying that all of these sci-fi movies are documentaries and not fiction. Uh, that's sort of her general impression on things, is that, you know, there really is no science fiction. It's all science fact that is being slowly led into society because I don't know why, maybe because we're too stupid to handle it or something. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know how her thinking proceeds on that idea. But nonetheless, um, they have ideas that quantum computers, you turn them on and sit down and interact with them. And nothing could be further from the truth here um, to the actual fact of it. Uh, let's see, how do we proceed? So, Kerry uh, uh, Cassidy additionally has fears about AI, artificial intelligence, and, and quantum AI is at the apex of her fears around AI. Again, an entirely uh, spurious um, uh, 
television cartoon level of understanding of artificial intelligence, which doesn't exist. We do not have general artificial intelligence. We have little tiny things that are expert systems. So we have what they call artificial intelligence in our smart devices. But these are basically all just um, uh, single little bits of code that do like one thing for you. So an example would be like uh, we have smart um, uh, traffic uh, control. So you'd come on up to a stoplight, the stoplight has sensors, and it knows that there's a car there, and when you arrive at your little part of the street and pull up there to the red light, it, um, it asks all the sensors, are there any other cars? Do I have a conflict with any other cars here? And if not, then it lets you go, as opposed to just having the things timed and on a, a specific time to, you know, to be read for this side and for this amount of time, etc., etc. Uh, so these are examples of artificial intelligence. We have artificial intelligence in the sense of uh, your thermostat at home that you can set it and it can make some level of decision. So you can say, I'm on vacation, and if the door sensor doesn't tell you I've arrived back home, then keep it at, you know, 58 degrees or whatever the hell, right? Just some kind of maintenance, maintenance temperature level. Uh, but basically, that is the extent of the artificial intelligence in your um, thermostat. All it does is is analyze a couple of little inputs and make a couple of little decisions, just like the uh, traffic light. Now, there's bigger artificial intelligence that has more code that does stuff, and so we have bots, and the bots online are a form of artificial intelligence. All of these are limited to the constraints that are put in the code. Now, Kerry Cassidy, probably Charlie Ward, Simon Parks, all of the DoFi crowd um, uh, in the woo-woo world think that artificial intelligence is self-aware and uh, actually is intelligent and can learn. None of these are true. There is no self-awareness in any computer. It cannot possibly exist. And these, um, uh, these software programs do not have the capacity to learn. They don't have the capacity to take on any information that already doesn't already exist within them. They also don't have the capacity to form any kind of a thought at all. All the computer is doing is reacting to predetermined inputs and doing things based on which inputs are hot uh, at that point relative to its programming. So uh, artificial intelligence and quantum computers, first off, you cannot run artificial intelligence or any other kind of a regular computer program on a quantum computer. So a quantum computer requires, uh, by its very nature, uh, a separate set of instructions. Uh, the instruction sets for uh, regular computers uh, are voluminous and for quantum computers are very, very, very sparse. This has to do with the nature of uh, the quantum computer itself, which does not function, by the way. So I'll describe one of these and then I'll tell you how it does not function.
so in the early days of um, uh, regular digital computing, we had, or actually even in the analog days, in the early analog days of computing, when they were basically used to calculate ballistics uh, for the Navy and for artillery and for NASA, <coughs> pre-digital, is also wasn't really it wasn't NASA at that point, but it was our fledgling space uh, efforts. Um, in the early days, those machines filled a whole room, and that's basically what a what a quantum computer does today. Only a quantum computer is not evolving, and a quantum computer, under the circumstances now, cannot evolve into something smaller that would simply sit on your desktop. This is because of the nature of a quantum computer. So. The theory is that if you zap a metal plate with um, enough electricity, it will disjoin the atoms in that plate for some period of time while that electricity is, is put into it um, at a small level. And then when you release that electricity and no longer put it into that metal plate, the metal plate will go back to its, quote, solid state. It won't be in a... Um, a qubit state at all. And so these qubits are not like regular um, digital computers, primary ring, uh, nor, nor printed circuits. So they're not like the chips in a computer. Okay, a qubit is intended to be in uh, three positional states, on, off, or uncertain. And what they do is they rely on the uncertainty factor in their qubit designs uh, to function. Now, so a quantum computer is a digital computer sitting out in a room somewhere that has wires that go into a black box. The wires are intended to extract information from the computer, from the quantum computer, once it has been activated. Now, quantum computers are activated the way you would activate a firework. Right? You can't redo the firework. Um, uh, so uh, you would have to re, you know, have to take the paper tube and repack it with gunpowder, put in more wadding, etc., in order to refire a firework. Very much the same kind of thing happens with a quantum computer. They fire once, it takes maybe 24 hours or longer to get them ready to fire again. They do not run com continuously. They don't have databases. They don't have uh, registers, they don't have uh, installed instruction sets, any of that. They are analog devices. These analog devices are suspended in a uh, giant tin can that has as much of the energy possible to extract extracted from it uh, in the form of heat. They take out as much as they possibly can out of these cans that house the quantum computers. The quantum computers are analog. They are not digital. They don't sit there and run and allow you to type in information or put information into them or any of that kind of stuff. The quantum computer is basically a, a, some form of a um, metal plate, uh, some exotic metal plates that are uh, wired up and uh, they sit in an analog device where there is a the preparation to shoot electricity through them for a known uh, duration. The, uh, the quantum computers are uh, 
uh, the quantum computers are analog and, and they are triggered by compressed air. Now, here's the thing about quantum computing. All this quantum stuff, by the way, is bullshit, in my opinion. There is no such thing as quantum physics. Uh, Einstein's theory of uh, relativity, special relativity, and general relativity is 100% horseshit. Uh, e does not equal mc squared. You can never extract energy from matter. Uh, the most you can do is to disrupt the electrical bonds in the uh, ether, and that gives you the effect that we call the atom bomb. But it's truly an electrical bomb. Anyway, so um, in my opinion, knowing going in, uh, knowing going into this, that that I don't believe that these things actually function, and that has been proven out in their results. I've actually worked in the software here, so so um, IBM, Microsoft, D-Wave, a bunch of the quantum computing guys will give you access to their software so that you can learn to program their machines. The idea is that they would develop a a cadre of interested people that could then go into industry and program these quantum machines for the industry. That's not happening because there is no real programming there. Uh, so what you might do for a quantum computer program would be to say, uh, uh, and this is how they're touted, they're touted as doing the impossible mathematics. And you know, they got, anyway, so uh, they're touted as doing the impossible mathematics and and the idea is that you want to find a particular record in a absolutely humongous database. A database that is so big, like something that Google has or something that the government might have, and you want a, a particular record. And so you ask the quantum computer, which has no connection to that database at all, it doesn't have a digital line into it, it's not going to scan any of the lines in that database, it's not going to look at any of the code that that created the database is not going to look at any of the data in that database. All it's going to give you is a number when it's done with its calculation, and that number is going to be factored into a way to retrieve a particular line item out of your database, which might have hundreds or thousands of millions of rows, right? Literally billions or trillions of, of data items. Um, and so maybe to look through each of those data items to do a regular search in this database, maybe that's one of those things where you turn it on today and you come back in two weeks and it might, might have found the record you're looking for, but if it's got to go through the whole fucking database to do it, it might take it four weeks or five weeks or something like that. A huge amount of time to, to do what they call a brute force search, which is to say looking at every record or looking at every... Uh, hashing algorithm to determine which clump of records to look at. Um, anyway, so um, so it's tedious, right? And you can't run a search engine where it takes you weeks to find the exact record you want. And so a lot of this was driven by the idea that our searches are becoming bogged down by just too much damn data. And we know that um, Google only has about 3% of the internet actually indexed. So we're only looking at about 3% of the index or internet if you're uh, searching Google for something. It's complicated to get into the search algorithms and how the rest of the internet is accessed, if it's not indexed, and so on and so on. But anyway, so um, the quantum computer is triggered by a delay switch. 
So your digital computer sitting out in the room, you type in the instruction sets, you've got your, your quantum computer theoretically preloaded, you've got the software in it preloaded. Bear in mind, this is an analog system, right? It's not, not digital. So the software process is entirely different as well. You don't have like compiled code and all of that. There's no instruction sets to put into the quantum computer in the in the same um, you know, in an, an analogous format to what happens with digital computers. Uh, so, what you do is you say, "Okay, I'm all ready to go. I've got my quantum." Com you're sitting out in your digital computer. You're typing all this in. You get it all ready, and you're dealing with a digital computer's interface to a remote switch. That remote switch has an inbuilt theoretically random uh, access time. So you'll tell it, you'll, you'll get all done, it's 10 in the morning there, you have your coffee and you say, okay, I'm all ready to go, you double check, yep, yep, all this looks good, uh, my software is ready, all of this stuff is fine, and then you hit the go button, you push return for go, execute, and then you go away. The reason you go away is that the quantum computers cannot have anybody actually trigger them and they can't have anybody be aware of the time that they trigger because the theory is that your consciousness is intruding on the results that the quantum computer is going to get if you're aware of all of this. That, so the theory is that the quantum computer has to operate in isolation from consciousness in order to function. So this right there blows the idea that quantum computers could ever house any kind of an AI, not that they run continuously or anything. Bear in mind, as far as I'm telling you here, is quite accurate. Quantum computers are like cannons. You do a lot of trouble to go to a lot of trouble to get it ready to fire, and you fire it, it's over in a millisecond, and then you got to go and do all that trouble again to fire it off. So it's not like it runs, right? This is a batch process in the sense of you fire it off, and then you spend the next 24 hours extracting changes out of this um, uh, matrix of uh, uh, connections into a metal plate and uh, see if the metal plate's nature has changed. And if so, you make some digital calculations based on that that give you an estimate of how that change has occurred and thus you can make a conclusion about what your, your um, result was. So you tell the quantum computer, I want to find this record in this database. This was the whole touted idea for these. And then you fire it off and it comes back with a number. And now, according to the industry, you have a 70% chance that that number is approximately correct. So if you've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions, tens of trillions of data in a database that are all indexed, all indexed and um, uh, collated to a specific uh, algorithm that you're aware of, then you can theoretically take this result from a quantum computer and use that as a unique ID or a row number, so to speak, to find your data in that database. And that's all they do. I mean, they, they do other things. They'll do some level of mathematical calculations and so on and so on. But bear in mind, even the industry, even the best that the industry says it can achieve at the moment is 70%. Now here's the hell of that. So 70, you have 70% chance that this result is accurate and is correct. And so you would have a, a, a seven out of 10 chance that 
putting that number into a digital computer would actually lead you to the row that you want. Um, but in order to get that 70% chance, you've got to run that, you've got to fire that quantum computer off at least three times. <coughs> so, what they do is they run the same instruction set, uh, same program, if you will, it's not really a software program as programmers understand them, uh, three times. One, one sort of right after the other. Uh, it's not on the same day or anything because it takes you so long to reset the uh, computer. Bear in mind, every time you run this, a huge amount of heat, relatively, is um, thrown into your chamber. And so the, the chamber has to, even if you could reset all of the electronics and everything uh, rapidly, the chamber itself has to be re- um, or de-heated, uh, all right? So it's got to be cooled. It's got to be super cooled. Uh, it's got to have that heat extracted from it, and that takes about 24 hours. So the, the earliest you could run these would be, you know, uh, sequentially, one every day for three days. And so you're going to get a, uh, you're going to get three answers. If you don't have, an, and so they know that none of those three answers are going to be the same. They also, and what they're attempting to do is to, when you run those three answers, run the thing three times to get your three answers, uh, then they're taking a, an algorithmic approach to determine if any of those three is likely to be a correct. And they had said that 70% of the time you would find that, that one of those three was indeed accurate, and if you got the same results or close to it, uh, two out of the three times, or even three out of three times, it was just that much more surety that, or certainty that you would in fact find the row you're after. Now here's the rub. That's not proved out, okay? The quantum computers used in um, uh, academia are showing that no, factually, that doesn't occur. That that the reality is that the quantum computers are are never correct and that the 70% number is just pulled out of somewhere and it's not factual. And so this um, scientist, this uh, uh, Oxford physicist, uh, pops off and says, oh, hey, this is a bunch of scam, you know, it's a bunch of shit. Uh, it'll never work and it's a waste of time and money and so on, right? Uh, he didn't get into whether or not these things have actually caused uh, the Mandela effect with their approach to, to um, uh, electricity. Uh, but anyway, though, he is saying that it's a scam and it's a, it's a swindle, that it'll never work and it's a big boondoggle and, and they're just taking lots of money and they're producing machines and they're really, really pretty and, and each and every little bit functions. In other words, you can get the temperature super cooled in that chamber. You can let run electricity through your little metal plates and their uh, brass and copper housings inside that chamber all triggered by compressed air so that you, because there can't be a digital interface to it um, directly, so your digital interface from your computer just goes to a switch which then in turn activates uh, uh, compressed air valves uh, when on a random schedule it says it can go ahead and fire off so that you won't know it. This is called the observer effect. Now the observer effect is factual. That does indeed exist. And a lot of uh, physics experiments are spoiled 
uh, by the fact that they're being observed at the time that the experiment's occurring. And this observer effect does indeed come in. So, um, so uh, the quantum computing as an industry is, as I, I agree with the physicist, it is a scam. They're not producing anything. I had great hopes. I had great hopes for it. I got access to the IBM and the Microsoft uh, and uh, the D-Wave um, uh, simulators in order to uh, learn to program the thing. And it's like, holy crud. You know, this was a, this was, there's no there there. Uh, there's no ability to make a uh, meaningful or useful or pragmatic um, uh, use of these machines uh, at all. Uh, they, they have some level of uh, efficacy for research into themselves, but not research into anything else. So nobody's using quantum computers to design uh, new materials, all right? So uh, in the material sciences, nobody's using quantum computers to come up with unique stuff. Uh, they're using algorithmic approaches on, on very herky digital machines. And they've come up with, um, there was a you know, collection of personalities around quantum computing, and they were able to raise money. Money begets money. The attractiveness of, of these uh, people investing in it caused more people to invest in it. And it gets to the point where it sort of snowballs and takes on a life of its own, even though it's never been proven. So do we have a, um, a situation of where we have a, another scientific fraud going on, like uh, what's-her-name did with her, I can't think of the name of her company, Theranos or something, um, where she was doing uh, single blood drop total analysis stuff and it was all bogus? Do we have something like that? Yeah, I think we do. In any event, though, the nobody's using quantum computers. They're not. They're not really functioning. There's people that are researching with and into them, and there's much speculation within the industry and a lot of verbiage uh, about, oh, they're going to be great. They're going to do this, that, and the other thing. But in fact, they don't, and they're not. And I don't think you know. In five or six years, I don't think that will have proven out anymore. Uh, I know that there were people that were thinking about purchasing quantum computers because they'd heard the hype, and the companies I were aware of that were thinking of doing this have not. Uh, I've talked to some of their tech guys, and when they look into it, the guy says, no, this is a bunch of horseshit for the amount of money and all of that, you know, far better to take the brute force approach with, you know, um, massive computing power. So anyway, um, there's my rant on quantum computers. It really, it really pisses me off because um, numbnut grifters uh, catch on to the words and use the words and then they spread a, um, an emotional uh, layer of linguistics over that particular word in the woo-woo language and other people pick it up and there you go. So I made a joke. I wrote a joke. It was a sarcasm. It was satire. And I wrote a joke about Charlie Ward uh, eating too many burritos and being tasered by uh, white hat agents and then blowing up and having to be replaced by a clone in order to illustrate this very fact that when you put stuff out there, other people will pick it up as though it was factual. And people picked up that it was factual. And I, I was quite deliberately saying that this was 
uh, satire. And yet other people uh, picked it up, didn't see it as satire, or for whatever reason, reported it as though it were fact that Charlie Ward indeed had been replaced by a um, clone and Simon Parks um, as well, and that uh, Charlie Ward had exploded from too many bean burritos and, and Simon Parks was in uh, Guantanamo Bay prison. So, you know, <laughs> all of this was a fucking joke and you got people repeating it as though it's, it's true. So this is the state of the internet. You need to be aware of this. So anybody uh, instantly, as soon as anybody pops up anything with quantum computing, I know they're full of shit. They don't have a clue. And so once I, uh, I had this guy offer to introduce me to Q, okay? Now, I know Q is a team. I've been following Q since um, uh, October 31, 2017. I'm well aware of it. I've read all the posts. I've read most of the Anon's um, analysis of the posts, and I've read a lot of the pro proofs of it, and so on. And I know it's not a single voice, not a single individual. So there was this numbnut guy in um, uh, Woo Woo World, um, Mayor, and he, he offered to introduce me to Q. And I said, yeah, sure, okay. And so he, he puts me in contact in a Skype call with this, this guy that instantly I knew, just looking at him, that this guy's not involved in Q. He's, he doesn't have the brain power to, you know, um, uh, to be involved in any of this stuff and that he's a low information, uh, low knowledge person and was a uh, pretender and had apparently pretended well enough that he was able to fool this fellow or this fellow had no discrimination at all and uh, so just accepted it and that's uh, uh, that's what we end up with so he puts me in connection instantly I knew this guy was bullshit and so I responded and told him he was bullshit told him you know don't waste my time you know because he started popping off about he was going to tell me why he was Q and how Q worked and how there was this quantum computer at the core of everything which is a bunch of horseshit so I didn't waste any more of my time at the whole interview whole video took like maybe two minutes uh, I think I recorded it at some point anyway um, uh, like I say, there was just, you know, no point in messing around. The guy was just a, a bullshitter like Corey Good, and uh, had no truth in him at all here, right? Now, Corey Good also talked about quantum computers and how those are being used on their secret space, space program shit, that kind of thing. So you know, I know, that he has no knowledge whatsoever, that he's just making this shit up. And so, I, like I say, I disrespected that guy seriously that pretended to be Q, and, uh, and so the guy I was, uh, that set up the meet, uh, said, oh my God, a demon had taken over Cliff and, you know, blinded him and, and can't, uh, you know, and it's like, holy shit, dude, this is what we call discrimination of mind. This is what we call discernment. This is what we call being aware of bullshitters, <laughs> you know? So anyway, it's not, there was no demons or any of that kind of crap. Uh, but I was, I was pretty pissed about having my time wasted. And you know it takes long. It takes a lot for me to have to, or for me to be able to set up uh, calls and this kind of thing. I knew the likelihood of this fellow being, um, this mayor guy being connected to Q was minimal. Uh, but you know, I figured, okay, I'd, I'd be respectful of him to the point where it proved uh, that he was he was full of bullshit, and it proved that he was full of bullshit right off. 
But anyway, uh, like I say, it was the, you know, the quantum computing thing that set me off. Um, obviously this guy, I asked the guy at one point to describe a quantum computer to me because he was saying that he'd been involved with it and all this sort of stuff. Like I say, it took maybe, maybe there was five minutes of, of discussion there with the, with the guy. And, um, you know, he cannot describe it. He'd never even looked at a picture of it, of a quantum computer. Had no, no fucking clue whatsoever. Um, and this is, this is what we're dealing with. Anyway, though, it's nice to see that some of the academics are now calling bullshit on this. Now that the industry has reached the stage, uh, it has. So right at the moment, uh, you're probably not aware of it, but the quantum computing industry, and it's not really an industry, but the quantum computing um, um, nascent uh, wannabe industry uh, is desperate for money. They're running out of funding like mad as we go through the, I mean, it's just, it's dropped to nothing because nobody wants to be involved with it. There's not been enough success to uh, gin up any um, uh, confidence in it whatsoever. And so the, at this point, their funding is lacking. They're not finding as much funding sources as there had been in the past. And these, um, uh, the funders that they do have are not plowing in the money that they had been in the past. So here we go, and the whole industry is on its process in the process of collapsing. Uh, not a good thing for them, and um, but it'll at least free us all up, and it should put hopefully put the um, kibosh on the woo woo guys saying, you know, uh, QFS or or you know. Uh, quantum computing going to do this or that kind of thing, right? My stop is up here pretty close. So anyway, just in um, closure, uh, hopefully this will take a big chunk of the bullshit out of the woo-woo world as well uh, as the quantum computing industry implodes here and it, because it'll be quite spectacular in terms of the amount of uh, linguistics about it. As all the people uh, write all the articles about where all the money went and, and like the woman with her blood clot stuff and being a billionaire and she was a, a female version of Steve Jobs and all that. It turns out to be horseshit. Now there's trials and uh, you know, so there'll be a lot of um, uh, contractual uh, trial things about quantum computing as it fails here over the next, um, and it'll probably fail, I think. Uh, we'll probably see the real big failure of it before June of next year. Uh, because there's, I, I say this because there's a couple of stuff, a couple of things coming up uh, that they need to get done. Anyway, we're done here, so stay woke.